0: This week's episode is sponsored by Custos. Castos is a podcast hosting platform that helps you grow your audience through public podcasts and offer exclusive content through private ones. The WP Mirror podcast is actually hosted on Custos, and the whole process has been great from the very start. Check them out at Custos.com. Hi, this is Gabby Galea, and welcome to the WP Mirror podcast. In this episode, we'll be speaking to Craig Hewitt, the founder of Custos. If you've ever come across the Seriously Simple podcasting plugin, then you're already familiar with one of their products. Custos offers podcast hosting, YouTuber publishing, automatic transcripts, and podcast analytics. To add to that, Custos also provides a podcast editing service to help make your podcasting journey a breeze. In this episode, I'll be joined by my co-host, Jean Galea, a veteran in the WordPress community. He's also hosted his own podcast, Mastermind.fm. Join us to learn how to start a podcast and how Kastos can help simplify your process.
1: Hello, everyone. So just to kickstart off this first episode, uh, Craig, why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about you and Castos,
2: and we'll take it from there. Yeah, Yeah. so my name is Craig Hewitt. I'm the founder of Castos. We're a podcast hosting and production service, kind of software as a service with a service, I guess. We've been in business in total for about six years, with uh, the software platform being around for just over four years at this point. We're a team of 11 people kind of all over the world and are excited to kind of dive into things from there.
1: Cool. So... Who is the main audience, target audience? I guess for your service, and how does how do things work once once people sign up?
2: Yeah, so uh, our target audience are our podcasters, you know, content creators, uh, much like yourselves, uh, folks that that kind of know and appreciate the value of content. Usually, are people that are creating some other form of content first. So a lot of people come to us; they have you know some kind of in person presence or a blog or a YouTube channel or social media, and want to kind of expand that to, to start a podcast here, even in 2021, you know, everybody feels like everybody has a podcast, but, but the percentage of podcasts to blogs or websites or social media accounts is, is minuscule. So, so we're still seeing a lot of people come in here who have gotten their start in some other kind of content and are, uh, are kind of looking to expand the number of ways that they can connect with their audience. And podcasting is one of those. So so we have a lot of folks that, that podcast about their hobbies and their passion projects, you know, sports and anime and church groups, a lot of businesses like you and I, and, and a lot of big businesses too. So that's that's kind of who we serve. Interesting. So and now I, I know you travel a lot. So
1: do you think that podcasting is quite a US based phenomenon, or do you see people listening to podcasts? How do you see the markets all over the world? And By that, I mean, there's obviously the English market, English speaking podcasts, which are the the most dominant kind of podcasts. So I'm wondering both in terms of other languages and also
2: in terms of people around the world and how they view podcasts. Mm, Yeah, that's a really good question. So you're just kind of by way of background, I'm from the US and I live in France. We've been here almost five years. And yeah, podcasting is definitely much more of a mainstream thing in the US. We were just back there for about a month, getting our COVID shots and seeing family. And you'd, you'd hear podcasts on TV shows and in the news and, and all this kind of stuff and and here in France, a lot of people that we talk to, you know, I say I run a podcasting software platform and they say, oh, like Spotify. And you're like, no, nah, it's not, <laughs> not, not exactly. But uh, I mean, I think, it's, you know, the, the the word Spotify is is definitely a big difference is that uh, in the U.S., the vast majority of people listen to podcasts in some way associated with Apple podcasts. You know, whether it's one of these third party term uh, apps that, that scrape Apple podcasts or Apple Podcasts itself integrated into your car and stuff like that here in Europe. Uh, and most places outside the US, Spotify is is kind of the dominant uh, distribution network and with younger people. So yeah, but in terms of kind of on the creation side of it, I do think that it's catching on quickly outside the US. Latin America is is probably the fastest growing uh, segment, but, but certainly Europe and, and Asia growing very fast as well. And I think that that's probably consistent with how a lot of other forms of content have propagated. Is you know a lot of things start in the U.S. Uh, and then kind of you know flow down from there. Okay, and uh,
1: so you said Spotify is the main uh, distribution network in the U.S.
2: Uh, out- outside of the outside. U.S., it's Spotify. Yeah, in in the U.S. and, and kind of with older demographics, it's it's Apple Podcast still. Yeah, okay, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I I hadn't really thought of Spotify that much uh so let's talk about these networks so once someone records a podcast how do they get them on youtube spotify and all the other places and do you have to do like a manual thing and which ones are worth putting the podcast on
2: sure sure yeah so you know kind of the way that podcasting works is it's all driven by this concept of an rss feed so you know, folks savvy with websites understand when RSS feed, it's just kind of a list of items that are associated with the site uh, and podcasting just attaches an audio file to that RSS feed. And, uh, and so that RSS feed is kind of the thing, and I'm doing air quotes on video here, <laughs> that you submit to establish that connection between your hosting platform like Castos and a directory like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then every time you publish a new episode or change like the cover image on your podcast, in the hosting platform where that RSS feed is generated, publish an episode, update the cover image, whatever it's reflected in those, uh, in those directories like Apple podcasts or where people are subscribed automatically. And so it's kind of that one time connection you have to make to submit your podcast, to these directories. And then from there, everything is automatic and it's all managed on the, on the hosting platform level. And so the, the places that we really suggest that people get their show distributed to, you mentioned you know, we mentioned Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Stitcher. From there, there's a couple of kind of secondary platforms that that we recommend folks uh, submit their shows to to kind of pick up some of the long tail uh, listening. Uh, and we have a blog post that, that we can link up in the show notes here about podcast directories. And then you mentioned YouTube. YouTube's a really popular place for people to consume content. You know, most people think of it as, you know, video first, but, um, you know, at Castus, we have a, a, a feature that takes audio podcast episodes, converts them to video and publishes to your YouTube channel and playlist. So it's a really nice way to say, hey, I only want to create like an audio podcast, but I want to have a YouTube presence for my show. And it does it automatically.
0: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned all the various platforms where you can place your podcast, but you also mentioned the hosting platform. I know Castos is primarily that. Do you always need a hosting platform? Can it be self-hosted?
2: Yeah, you 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 definitely need a place to host. Uh it can be self-hosted and you know the the kind of origin story of Castos is that we we started as a WordPress plugin called Seriously Simple Podcasting. Actually acquired the plugin from its creator and you know with Seriously Simple Podcasting you can set up and manage your podcast on your WordPress site and and kind of theoretically host the audio files on your WordPress site, of course, it's not kind of like ideal for the performance of either your podcast or your WordPress site, especially if you get like a lot of episodes or a lot of volume, but but it's certainly possible. But but you need a place to to host your podcast, whether that's a, a hosting platform like Castos or using Serious simple podcasting on WordPress, or I'm sure you could go write your own, you know, on a static site and host your files on Amazon or something like that. But yeah, you definitely need a place for your files to live.
1: Okay, so in terms of... Uh, YouTube, for example, people tend to leave comments and provide some kind of interaction on YouTube. Is this something that you see also with podcasts? And is there some workflow that you would recommend to handle all these incoming comments and replies?
2: Yeah, yeah. So so it's kind of platform specific. And I think this is one of the fundamental differences between YouTube and podcasting is YouTube everything is on youtube everything you know the 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 files are hosted and distributed and people are listening all on youtube podcasting it's even though you can say like say 80 or 90 percent of the listening happens on spotify or apple there are a bunch of other places that people can listen so i think it's important to in a distributed network like podcasting is or distributed kind of nature of listening to to bring people back to one place to to engage and to comment and for us that's always your website you know we you know, have kind of deep roots in WordPress. So we pretty strongly believe everyone should have a, a website for their podcast. We love WordPress uh, and believe that, like, that is the place that you should have people come back to say, Hey, if you have comments or questions about this episode, drop in a comment for, for the blog post that goes along with this episode. That That's kind of the call to action that we suggest. And, and, you know, and shoot an email to us. You know, most people can kind of set up an email address associated with the domain. Hey, shoot us a message podcast at you know, I have a podcast called Seeking Scale, podcast at seekingscale.com. Shoot us a message. There is the ability in Apple, at least, to leave a rating and a review. Uh, those are really great forms of social proof. You know, think of a review like an Amazon review. If there's a bunch of reviews that are five stars for a podcast that you're kind of looking at, you're much more likely to subscribe to it. And so it's something we re- really recommend for folks who are just getting started, especially It's like, hey, go and seed your your show's listing with, you know, a, a handful, at least, of good ratings and reviews, have your family and friends go, go rate and review the podcast. Uh, It's just a a great way to to get that initial social proof that then hopefully kind of goes from there. Mm. One
1: nuance with the reviews that I found is that they are country specific. So since my case, my audience for my podcast is quite international, maybe I get like a few comments in every single European uh, country. And when you go in to see, say, if you're in. You know, Slovenia you won't see any reviews there probably if you're in Malta maybe you'll find a few just because I'm Maltese but it's very fra- um, fragmented whereas in the US you get all the US based comments
2: is there any solution to that or is it just the way Apple works yeah I, I think mostly it's the way that Apple works I certainly if folks know differently I'd, I'd love to hear it uh, But but I think it's Kind of rooted in Apple and podcasting coming from iTunes, which is like a store that that has all these kind of local, like country specific commerce rules associated with it. And that's why the, you know the iTunes store, the Apple store is country specific. And then podcasting kind of grew out of that and still is kind of has all that technical debt <laughs> associated with it.
1: So I was wondering how, where does podcasting fit in for content creators? Let's say I'm a blogger and I've been left behind in the times because I've been blogging since 20 years ago, and now there's social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, podcasting. Which one do you think should people be considering after blogging, say, and is there a specific, maybe niche where podcasting really fits in? And one follow-up question to that would be, how do you see the video versus audio only? I guess question
2: as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll tackle the last one first because it's easiest. Is so, so we're recording this right now. We're on Zoom. We're recording video. Uh, it, it, it would be quite easy for you to just take, you know, clean this up a little bit and publish this to YouTube as a is an interesting piece of content. You know, we have our faces. You can see us. I'm talking with my hands a lot, just because that's what I do. Uh, and it's just more engaging, I think, than, than than the tool like we have our YouTube republishing, where you record just audio, and it gets uh, kind of converted to a, a fixed background image. Uh, we, we have that t- because a lot of people don't like doing video. Um, so, so I think I would leave it up to the person. But if you have the ability, technically, and you're okay with your face being on the camera, doing native video is better if you're going to be putting it on YouTube. If you can't, then the tool like our YouTube republishing is great just to have that YouTube presence for people to, to find your show there and then connect with your brand and come back to your website and stuff. And, and I think that kind of answers the first question of like, okay, if you're just blogging, what's the next logical step? And if you can kind of, the, the expression is kill two birds with one stone, and that's just not very nice. But if you can achieve two things with one piece of content, uh, which would be like a video call where you extract the audio for the podcast and then publish the video to YouTube, It just seems to be like the most efficient form of content creation. And I would even kind of flip the question on its head a little bit and saying, like for this, we will create a really nice blog post for you all. You're going to use our Cast Dust production services for this show, and we will create like a really nice blog post for this episode. And so you're getting that written content as well. So we're going to talk for 45 minutes here today, and then you're going to get a blog post, some social media content. Uh, from our service, uh, an audio podcast and a video for YouTube, all in 45 minutes of content. And like, I don't know if you if you're like some kind of Superman, or superwoman uh, writer, I can't write a blog post in 45 minutes. That's that's worth a shit. So like, uh, to to be able to do this and have like three or four really great pieces of content. I think a lot of people are coming to podcasting because it's just super efficient in terms of, of creating content. Uh, in multiple different ways, and then you can, you know, throw on something like an email newsletter that can, even kind of be auto-generated from your from your blog post, your show notes. That's like covering all your bases in in one one fell swoop. So that that's how we like to think about it.
0: And is the uh, blog post more of a transcript, or is it edited in a better way?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. So, so there there are both options, right? So so in our services, uh, well, even within transcripts, you have kind of two flavors of transcripts you can get from Castos. One is we have a team of transcriptionists in-house that transcribe word for word, and they listen, and they, they're they professional transcriptionists. We also have kind of machine-generated AI transcripts. So those are obviously faster and cheaper, but you kind of sacrifice on some accuracy. They're kind of 95% accurate, but things like proper names and words and, and those kind of things are sometimes misspelled. But you have kind of two options there. But typically the show notes or the blog posts that folks generate for a podcast are a written summary. So it's not a word for word transcription. You certainly can, and a lot of people do embed the transcript in that blog post, but generally it's a kind of a summary of what was discussed. And, you know, if we look at it in a Google doc, it'd be like a page and a half. So 700, a thousand words, something like that. That serves as a nice contextual bit of written information about what the podcast is about.
0: That's great.
2: Yeah. And the show notes typically include things like links to someone's website or their personal site or the social media handles, resources. like mentioned that podcast directories article. And the idea there is folks want to be able to go back and get this resource you mentioned. Say, hey, you know, Craig mentioned this thing. I want to go find it. Let's go and I'll click on that link. Go to your website, sign up for your email list. All those kinds of things. And these show
1: notes would be automatically shown in the app you're using. To listen to the podcast, is it across all the the platforms we mentioned, like Spotify and YouTube?
2: It is. Yep. Yep.
1: All right, and and with regards to transcripts, I guess is this an SEO thing more than for people to actually read the transcript?
2: Yeah. So it, it's a bit of both. It, it's a bit of both. You know, uh, it definitely provides an SEO benefit. You think of you know a typical transcript for a forty five minute episodes so is like 12, 15 pages. Um, as opposed to like a page and a half for for written show notes, but also for accessibility. Right, folks that are hearing impaired that want to consume the entire bit of content uh, that you have for your podcast can can read the transcript. It's also just faster. You know, a lot of people say they for podcasts they listen to kind of infrequently or spotty. If they have transcripts, they'll go and kind of look at the title of the episode, who it's with, maybe scan the transcripts. And if it's interesting, they'll listen to the whole episode. Good point.
1: Now, for those who are actually I had one more question. How do you see the demographics in terms of listeners, listeners, do the younger people listen more or less to podcasts? For example, in my case, I like to read more than to listen or watch. So I'd say reading is my first preference, but then I love podcasts because I can fill in the downtime, like while I'm working out, while I'm on the train, washing dishes. I can put in the podcast and manage to consume an extra hour or two a day of content, which is awesome. Video, I'm not not that keen on, and I never had the patience to l- view a video podcast for, especially. So I'm wondering whether you see any difference in the demographics there.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that the the kind of lame answer is it depends, right? It depends on on the person, just personally. I think even within our kind of distributed tech world, everybody is a little different. I think what what you describe is is maybe the most common. But but even then things like audiobooks throw throw a wrench in that kind of stereotype or classification. But but I think that I think you would find like again, and this is maybe unfair, but, but, you know, kind of maybe like a younger generation would be more likely to listen to something than to read. I think we're old now. <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> and so like, I think we don't represent the younger generation anymore. And who, who, you know, we're more likely to read. I I'm the same way I read. I don't, you know, I don't commute. I walk the dog and go for a run and and stuff like that. So I actually listen to fewer podcasts than I did before when I was traveling more. So, so I, I read more than anything else. I watch a little bit of youtube uh, but i know some people that youtube is their main form of of kind of content consumption so so i think that there isn't a right answer across the board i think that people will find their audience tend to read blog posts or tend to listen to podcast episodes or tend to consume things on youtube and so from a content creator perspective if you know that or if you're able to find that out about your audience then that kind of tells the the strategy of, of where you should focus your content efforts. And then like the the plan that we talked about before, where like, hey, if you create a podcast episode and you're doing video and it's going to get, you know, transcribed or have a, a blog post created for it, then you're covering all your bases and connecting with your audience on, on all those fronts. Yeah, good point. I, I agree. I mean, if you know the, your audience and the type of content
1: that really helps, and perhaps it's not so much a question of age groups or demographics and more about the kind of content you 're producing as well in terms of audiobooks i've always found it hard to concentrate on a book if i 'm doing something else, like driving I just miss a minute or thirty seconds just because there's as like a zebra crossing, and I need to stop and focus on not (laughs) killing anyone and then i find it hard to go back whereas with podcasts you can kind of miss that there's it's less compact in terms of information so you can miss a few seconds here and there and go back to it okay so in terms of someone who wants who's convinced about doing a podcast but doesn't know where to start off from now uh, a service like yours simplifies things a lot but what is the technical setup required what what is like the bare minimum to make things work in a semi-professional way
2: yeah yeah no i think it's a really good point is that you can go crazy right with researching the best mics and preamps and all this stuff and and we have conversations with especially folks that have like a music background or a media background and and they want to go spend ten thousand dollars to get their podcast set up and i'm very kind of blue collar basics when it comes to this i say like get a mic i use uh Samsung q2u Uh, before that i had audio technica atr 2100 if you can find yeah yeah if you can find either of those mics these days with with covid they they're sold out for years i think they're about you know 60 70 80 dollars on amazon there's
1: actually a good point to mention here is that in the us i believe the atr is under the Samsung brand or the other way around. So oh, is that It's right? the okay. same microphone, but you won't find it under the same name, but it's the same. Exact yeah, name. I
2: know they rebranded it or re- a new model 2100X is what it's called now. Um, but, but I mean, either way, and really just in general, these are USB mics. They plug in right into your computer with an adapter if you have one of the new MacBooks. <laughs> And that's it. That's all you really need, right? We're recording on Zoom. Everyone has a Zoom account. It's, it's okay. There are some some better tools. Um, we use a tool called Squadcast for recording our, our podcast episodes. It records both video and audio. It's really high quality. Uh, and then you need a place to host the podcast like Castos. And we really like people to have websites, uh, a place that they own that they can kind of ask people to come back to, to connect with them, join their email list, buy a thing, you know, join their community, whatever it is. We have a really kind of extensive blog post on the, the details of, of how to start a podcast that we can link up. But, but I mean, that's kind of generally from a, a technical and gear perspective, what you need. But, but then I think the more important question is like, why are you podcasting, right? Like, what, what are you trying to achieve? Who are you trying to serve? What are they interested in? What are they scared of? What do they worry about at night? You know, answering th- a lot of the kind of typical content questions of like, who's your audience? Who are you, how are you trying to serve them? How how does that work? Like, in the first episode, like this, in the next episode, in the next episode, how are you going to build that story arc to to bring people along in the journey with you? This gets into a lot of of like the art of content creation, uh, more so than the than the technical kind of nuts and bolts of it. And, and that's a that's an enormous topic that, <laughs> that 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 I think better there are people better served to talk about. But but I think it's really worth considering. Is like you know what's your podcast about? Who's it going to serve? What are the first 10 episodes going to look like? If you don't have those kind of sketched out and an idea at least about what they're going to be, you probably should. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts from a gear and setup perspective and then a bit of like the beginning of a content mm-hmm. plan. Okay, very interesting.
0: So once uh, once someone signs up for a Custos, is there a um, procedure they should follow? Do you do a video call with them? How, is he, how easy is it, is it yeah. to, to start?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I hope it's really easy. We do, we do a lot of work to make it really easy because I think there are like we're talking about, there are a lot of misconceptions and, and things that are kind of unclear about podcasting in general. And so we, we do a lot of work to provide a lot of content and, and guidance and value along the way. We have a, a kind of free video academy, academy.castos.com, that that walks through the whole process, you know, videos and tutorials and guides and downloads and everything. Um, but, but, really, I mean, you sign up for an account, you you give your podcast a name, and then you upload your first episode. And that's really kind of the the real essentials of of what you need to do., uh, from there, we give you this RSS feed and then you need to submit that to the podcast directories. And uh, I mean, that's glossing over a lot of the a lot of the details, but but those are like the few kind of big steps that that you need to take.
0: I imagine you have to upload your artwork, your intro music.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The artwork kind of goes back to the RSS feed and, and kind of the the pieces of the RSS feed that, that you need are like you need the title of the podcast. Like what's the name of it? You know, enter your name as the host, the artwork. So this is that square image that you see on all the podcasting apps should be, you know, 3000 by 3000 pixels. And, and like from a creative perspective, it should be something that stands out, right? Easily recognizable on brand with the rest of the stuff you have going on with like your colors and logo and, and fonts and things like that. If your personal identity is closely tied to the brand, your face should be on it. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that want to sit behind their brand. And I think there are times when that's definitely right. And there's time where you should put your face on your brand. Yeah. And, and, and those are kind of the, the big pieces you can select up to three different categories for your podcast to appear in, in, in Apple podcasts. Uh, and that's just so if folks are browsing a podcast instead of searching by name, if they say, I want to, business podcast in the marketing subcategory it'll start listing podcasts there and if your show's fortunate enough to be one of the you know top rank ones then folks will find your podcast by it be list by it being listed in the the proper category and you can select and you should select up to three different categories that are kind of slightly tangential to to kind of your main your main topic and target audience
0: so getting into more of the sorry specifics um is there a maximum length of a podcast that you can upload to Custos?
2: No, uh-uh. no. I mean, we we have some podcasts that are like four hours long uh, on the platform, and I think that there is a very popular podcast out there called Hardcore History. That is, yeah, like the the, the guy publishes it three or four times a year, maybe, and and they're like audiobooks <laughs> length. Uh, he did like a six or eight part series on Genghis Khan funny yeah because that's actually the one i had in mind when i said
1: i can't listen to that while driving <laughs> it's just i want to <laughs> learn history but yeah. it was it's very entertaining but that's something i would do like on a plane for example where i don't have
2: to yeah. think of anything yeah right right i mean super super interesting and like there are reasons and ways that that really works well and there are kind of reasons and ways that it doesn't work well i think if you ask the the average or ideal uh, a lot of people point I I think kind of rightly and kind of wrongly to, you know, uh, 20, 25 minutes is the average commute in the U.S. Uh, And so a lot of people point to that as being a good length for a podcast. Personally, what I say is that uh, an interview like this should be between 30 and 45 minutes uh, because it, it takes a while for us to get to know each other and get the dialogue going and get into interesting content you know, 20 minutes for an interview is just not enough for a monologue, you know, where it's just one person or, you know, a person and a co-host where you already have the dynamic, you know what you're going to talk about. You can jump right into the, con- the content. I think, you know, it can be 20 or 30 minutes, but I do a co-host Joe and they're all 45 minutes just because it's hard to really get through all the stuff you want to talk about and top- talk about it in depth to where it's interesting and valuable to, to listeners in 20 minutes. So I don't think there's a right and wrong answer, but, but I do think that generally like talking just by yourself on the mic for for 15 minutes even is is really, really hard. And I've been doing this a long time. I've been on thousands of podcasts probably, but for me to turn the mic on and talk for 20 minutes is super hard. And so I would just caution people not to think that that's the way they're going to do it because I think they'll just find the, the act of content creation just to be really hard compared to an interview based show or having a co-host where you can bounce energy and ideas off another person. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. I found kind of the quick tips, 20 minutes episodes are work, work really well. Like how stuff works, you know, learn something new every day that really works well then when it comes to interviews, I personally, both from the listener side and from the host side, I always like one to one and a half hours, if I'm going deep into a new topic. Because you you don't have the time to give something of value, so but I, I don't really mind the the Dan Carlin ones which can be really long you know, I can just the problem is me you know I, I just don't remember <laughs> where we were at uh, in the in the next.
2: I have to listen. I, I think just, just to add to that, I think that it has changed in the last year with coronavirus. I, I think you know a lot few people are commuting, especially now, but but that will change back soon. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear about Google and, and all these companies asking people to come back in at least part of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, commutes will come back again for a lot of the world. And and then I think the longer podcast could can be more in vogue.
0: Yeah, in fact, I just traveled to Spain and I, I just got back into listening to podcasts on the plane. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I've taken a break from them for a while. <laughs>
1: In terms of launching, is there a specific launch checklist? For example, I had heard that you need to record five episodes and then launch them all at once to just get a boost in rankings and also picking a niche. Yeah, like if I want to record, say, a crypto podcast, everybody's talking about crypto, how do I choose the, the, the niche? Is it okay to compete with the big guys right away?
2: Yeah. So, so I think those are two different questions, really. And I'll, I'll answer the launch question first. So I think that the advice to launch with a couple of episodes, everyone is heard. And so everybody does it. So it's not really an advantage. It's just something you, you should do. Uh, but, but I think you should do it not to boost your rankings and try to game the system because I mean, Apple is very smart, right? They know that everybody does that. And so they don't give any of the people that do that any more weight. Um, but, but I think what it does is we, we use the term, it, you begin to surround your topic when you do this. Um, so you're going to talk about crypto, right? So maybe you have the first episode talking to, you know, a, a conventional banker talking about crypto, and then you go talk to a, a you know, super kind of hacker type crypto person. I, I don't know the crypto market that well, but like you you have several different angles you take on this topic to where, um something will click with your intended audience uh, across the different angles you take and different types of people you have on maybe in different formats of episodes maybe one is just you talking giving a bit of background about you know the space and and what you're interested in what the show's about but but giving a little bit of variety about the the topic that you're going to be talking about in those first few episodes hopefully creates a connection with your audience in, in some way as opposed to if they were all kind of about the same thing with the same people in the same format, same duration, that the chances with everybody clicking with that is less. That's why we like to release a couple of episodes. Um, what we like to do is to release two regular length episodes plus a, you know, in the in the business, they call it episode zero, which is like five minutes. Um, just you talking about what the podcast is about and who it's for, right? Like that's the old writing thing is like. Tell them what you're going to tell them, and then tell them, and then tell them what you told them, right? Like that's the that's and so like an episode zero is really that very beginning part, like who you are, what the show is about, who it's for, what to expect, when the episodes are going to come out, and, and things like that. And then two regular episodes. Y- your question about crypto is uh, is an interesting one, and I think the and it's got to be anything. It's got to be fitness, like the big 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 topic sure. finance in general. Yeah, yeah. I think the answer is kind of universal here is that you're going up against, especially these days, right? Podcasting is so much more mainstream where there are companies with enormous media budgets and professional content creators and journalists creating content that frankly, none of us will ever create, right? So for you to go up against a crypto publication or what, well, you know, personal finance or fitness or whatever is, is impossible on, on like a mass scale, and you know, general appeal. And so you have to niche down or you should niche down to, to be very specific with a very specific audience, solving a very specific kind of pain point that they have. And if you do that, I think you you begin to connect more deeply with your audience. But you also, it informs a lot of your content creation decisions. So if you're going to go create this mass appeal, mental health kind of podcast, right? Like It would be really, really hard for you to know what you're going to talk about because there's the whole world out there. But But if you're going to focus on... ADHD and older women living in Scotland uh, that, that don't have <laughs> children or whatever, right? Like, that's really specific. And there are going to be a hundred people that totally dig what you're talking about. And it's just easier to connect all around. And I think that's, that's kind of advice that a lot of people have given about a lot of their forms of content. And, and, it, and it works. And that's why people still do it.
0: Hmm. Is there a way to track your popularity? Do you provide statistics through Castus, for example?
2: Yeah, we provide a lot of statistics through Castus. Uh, we provide information about like across the podcast, you know, how many listens you're getting for for the podcast as a whole. If you have multiple podcasts on the platform, you can drill down by, by individual shows. Uh, we rank kind of top episodes over time and then give information about what kind of device, uh, mobile app, browser... And kind of listening platform people are tuning into your show from. And we give geographic distribution. So like what on a country level and then kind of a metropolitan area level uh, within a country people are listening from.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is across all platforms, even your WordPress website, let's say.
2: Yep.
1: OK. OK, last two questions I have from my end are should we use episode numbers or not?
2: Yeah, great question. No, you should not use episode numbers. Uh, This was guidance given by Apple a couple of years ago. Uh, They have a separate field. Uh, So if you go into the Castos platform, you go to publish an episode, there's an area for keywords, an area for uh, episode number that's separate from like the title of the episode And the ability to say kind of what type of episodes you can have, like a trailer or a bonus or a regular episode. And so you can set that. And so, yeah, just give the kind of word title of the episode in the title field and then give the episode number down below. Okay. So you still use it, but not within the title. Yep. Because I guess,
1: like, if I want to refer people back to a previous episode, I did say with you, Uh, listen to our previous interview with Craig, an episode number, whatever. So that would be useful yep. in that case. And the final question is whether there's any search engine for podcasts.
2: Yeah, right. So I think like Apple, Google, Spotify—that's all they are really are search engines of RSS feeds. Um, so they're directories, k- kind of like Google is a directory for all the stuff on the internet. There are, are other directories like Listen Notes is one mm-hmm. that 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 try to do the same thing. But but yeah, I think generally when you think about podcast distribution, all it is are, you know, directories of of shows that, that people can search. Yeah. And there are SEO guidelines for podcasts
1: specifically. I've seen, for example, people do personal productivity show like, say, Tim Ferriss, like Pat Flynn, and they put in the keywords there. Just, I guess, in the hope of someone typing Tim Ferriss and their show coming up in the next right. results.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think there's there's a certain amount of that that can be done. You know, Apple is not as sophisticated as Google mm-hmm. in discouraging people from doing that, but but it certainly can be done. Some. I think you have to be a little careful how much you do of that because Apple is getting wiser all the time to to people that are doing this and and penalizing or removing shows that that do it. So. I think if it's, if it's applicable and kind of prudent, you can do it. Um, but I think kind of hacking SEO of, of podcast directories is probably not how I would plan on being successful. Yeah. All right. Gabby, do you have anything else from your end?
0: Just one last question. I was wondering whether it would be a good idea to record podcasts live and if it's something that you can do with custos.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think a lot of people record live podcasts. Um, A lot of people use a tool called StreamYard to do it. Uh, so they'll use StreamYard to, to have like a, a live, you know, webinar, you know, a live stream, uh, that they record and then repurpose into a a podcast episode. It doesn't happen kind of automatically, but you certainly kind of like talking on Zoom, you create a recording, download the recording, publish it to Castos. So it can be very quick. Yeah. And, and we do, we do some of it for our own show. And uh, I think, you know, more and more as, as people are looking for better and new and interesting ways to connect with their audience, um, things like live streams that, that go out to YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn are, are really smart ways to connect real time with your audience uh, and then repurpose it for something that lives forever as a podcast makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. So can I wrap it up? Greg. Um, do you have any
2: other ending words from your end? No, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show and 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 letting us kind of dig into to podcasting. I think it's just it's just a lot of fun. You know, I think as you all get into it more, you'll see that it's it's a lot of fun. It's really easy uh, and and a really kind of time efficient way to to create a bunch of content and connect with with a bunch of people. I would I would kind of just add the one thing we didn't touch on is the the kind of networking aspect of podcasting especially kind of in a b2b setting is you know you all will be reaching out to dozens and hundreds of people through the life of the podcast some of those people you will already know like we already know each other but but some will be new people that you might not be able to get 30 or 45 minutes with to, to chat but but to have them on your podcast is is both a good piece of content and an interesting piece of value for for your audience, but a nice networking opportunity for you to get to know someone in your industry um, better. So that that's kind of the, the hidden benefit, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, based on my experience with Mastermind FM, it's been really great for me. So, yeah, Craig, thank you for helping us make this happen after years of <laughs> thinking and planning. <laughs> And my pleasure. Lazy my pleasure. <laughs> so, really, really excited about our podcast and our collaboration. So, yeah, thanks again. And for people who want to check out how to easily get started, go to castos.com and get started from there. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me.